Hi, this is Tim Page from Conversion Cast, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to the App Guy Podcast. It's your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and it's with great pleasure that I have a guest tonight, uh, a guest that is going to uh, join us and talk about incubators and all um, some awesome things. So, uh, Brian, it's uh, really wonderful that you've joined us on the App Guy Podcast. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you having me. You know, could you tell us, uh, I guess, in um, a few minutes, just uh, what, what it is you do? And, and how it is you, you help, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial community. Absolutely. So we, we started Awesome Inc., which is our business incubator accelerator program here in uh, Kentucky over in the United States. And we started this program about five years ago. Um, and we exist with the mission of creating and growing high-tech startups uh, here in our state of Kentucky. Um, the start, the origination, I guess, of Awesome Inc. kind of comes from personal experiences that I've had in starting companies of my own. Uh, When I was in college, I actually started my first company, which was called Book Exchange. So a pretty simple concept for college students that are buying and selling textbooks uh, to and from bookstores typically. Uh, But we wanted to create a website where they could bypass those bookstores and just buy and sell those textbooks directly to each other. Um, solving the problem of very expensive textbooks, of course. So me and a friend, right. uh, we, we got together and wanted to, to start this company. This was in 2004 and launched the website. The first semester we launched it, we had thousands of students from the University of Kentucky, which was where we were going to undergrad at the time. We had thousands of students sign up and use this service. So we're like, well, we're really on to something. Um, a few years later, we of course found out that it's, it's a little bit harder uh, than, than you think it is. And we, we had a little bit of success with that company, but certainly nothing to, uh, to really get all that excited about. Um, and then as I was graduating from, from the university of Kentucky, I knew that the experiences that I had from starting that book exchange company was something that I wanted to continue to pursue as far as just my entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, But because the book exchange company hadn't succeeded or hadn't really made me very much money, I was kind of left with a lack of confidence that I was going to be able to do that, to be able to really pay myself and pay the bills through um, starting my own company and working for myself. So I actually set up a meeting my last semester at the university with the president of the university. His name was President Lee Todd at the time, and he was a former entrepreneur. He had sold a couple of companies, one of them he, he started and sold to IBM Computers and had some pretty good success. And honestly, one of the reasons he was the university president was because of his entrepreneurial successes. So set up a meeting with him, kind of talked through my options as to, well, do I want to do, do my own thing and start my own kind of software company or do I just want to go be a computer programmer? My degree was in computer science. So Um, There were plenty of job opportunities in that field if that was what I wanted to do. Um, And he just stops me in the middle of this meeting. And he says, Brian, if what you want to do 
is run your own company. If, if what you're passionate about is being an entrepreneur, then just go do that and try it for a year, try it for two years full time and see what happens. And if you fail, you can always go get that job at, you know, as a computer programmer at one of these other companies. So that really stuck with me um, and pretty much walked out of his office that day and decided that was what I was going to do was start my own software company and called up my brother, called up another one of my good friends and talked to them into to doing it with me and started my software consulting company, which uh, was called Apex Software. And we still run that company. Uh, but from the success that we've had in running that company, we've been able to leverage that to start Awesome Inc., which is the incubator that I spend most of my time running and managing currently. Um, but the reason that I tell you that story is because the the permission that President Todd gave me to go start my own company and just the, the motivation and the confidence that he gave me, that's really the inspiration behind Awesome Inc. and what we do here in Lexington, Kentucky, is we we just give other entrepreneurs uh, that are kind of on the fence as to whether or not they want to do their own thing. We just give them the confidence and give them the permission to try and sometimes fail and sometimes succeed at what they're what they're doing. But basically, we just wanted to recreate that Lee Todd, that president, that president Todd experience that I was able to have. We wanted to recreate that for as many people as possible here in the community in Kentucky. Well, that's a wonderful, inspiring story, Brian. And um, just I guess it would be great. You know, you've got a bunch of indie app developers you're talking to. Uh, clearly, you know, we've been inspired uh, all in our own way, um, partly, you know, from inspiration that we, you know, listen to podcasts or uh, listen to uh, or read blogs and stuff like that. Perhaps you could just tell us a little bit more about an incubator because it's something that I'm, I'm becoming familiar with. We don't um, have a lot of press about incubators here in the UK. And so could you tell us like, you know, for a startup coming to you, what the screening process is? Uh, how do you, how do uh, startups get involved in uh, your incubator and then what do they get uh, if they actually then succeed and get your support? Sure. Um, first, so I want to distinguish between an incubator and an accelerator. Um, and we're kind of a, a mix of the two. But if you're if you are really true to the definition, I guess, of an accelerator versus an incubator, the differences would be that an accelerator is typically over a finite period of time. Um, they would take a batch of companies, usually it's around 10 companies, they would take them for, say, three months, and they would put them through this accelerated boot camp type program where those companies would be in an environment where they're pushed very, very hard for those three months and trying to get to that next inflection point by the end of that three-month experience, usually culminating in what's called a demo day or a pitch day where investors will be in the crowd and they can pitch to 100, 200 investors to try to raise a seed round of funding. Um, an incubator is a little bit different from that in the sense that it's usually not over a, a small uh, amount of time, like a three-month period. Um, our incubator program, uh, which we call the Awesome Fellowship Program, actually lasts for up to a year if the companies want to stay with us and continue working with us for as long as a year. Um, but while we're in, while the companies are in that program, they they're receiving resources like free office space. Uh, we give them access to about a hundred mentors that are in our mentor network, and these are all successful entrepreneurs or investors that are all around the country, really. 
Uh, we also give them access to technical talent, so things like a, an additional computer programmer if they need that, or a graphic designer if they need that to kind of augment their team. Um, and the teams that go through that program, we coach them and sit down with them and give them different metrics and goals that we want them to hit. So to get into an incubator or an accelerator, a lot of times it is the same type of criteria and the same types of things that um, these, these programs are looking for. Um, I would say the number one thing is that they want to know that you're 100% committed to your idea and to your company or to building your app, whatever that might be. Um, and and that's, that's just important because it's there are so many things that are going to distract you and so many things that are going to potentially cause you to fail that if you're not all in, um, they're probably not wanting to, to make an investment into you. The second thing I would say is that any level of traction that you can have at all is, is very important to demonstrate. So whether that's a working prototype of your app or of your product, uh, whether that is some users that are already using your product or maybe even revenue that you can demonstrate uh, is, is critical to kind of showing that you do have some traction and that not only do you think this is a good idea, um, and maybe your few best friends and, and your, your mother, of course, thinks this is a good idea, but also the marketplace thinks this is a good idea because they've demonstrated that by actually signing up and using your product and hopefully paying you in some way for that product. So, Brian, in terms of, uh, you know, app developers, I guess, making the most of incubators, there, there, there could be two ways here. There could be one is just simply... Uh, that they, they want to start something, start an app perhaps. Um, but the other way, I'm just thinking, as you, you were saying, you provide uh, resources to mentors and then graphic designers. And uh, do you provide resources to external app developers who can help out the incubators? We do. Uh, we actually just started a program earlier um, in 2013. So we started this program called Awesome Inc. U, which is a coding school. Um, so what that is, is it's designed for all different levels of experienced coders to come through and they can learn various programming languages. So maybe you're a programmer that has a background with some web development, um, but you want to learn how to program for the iPhone. Uh, we have courses that are designed to teach you how to write your first iPhone apps. And we have, uh, we actually have launched a membership program, which is kind of like a gym membership almost but for programmers, so they can come in and they can work alongside other programmers. There's a lot of peer-to-peer -peer learning that goes on. Um, and there's also professional programmers that are um, in the space for certain hours of the membership program to where they would be able to, to guide them through different problems that they might be trying to solve or to teach them um, different components of whatever languages that they might be trying to learn. So the Awesome Inc. U program is a great partnership with the Awesome Fellowship Program. And a lot of times the resources that we're able to dedicate to the teams that are going through the fellowship program, so these startups that are at the early stage that maybe need another developer, we can pull those resources from the coding school at Awesome Inc. U and allow them to almost join the startup's team, um, whether it's part-time or maybe it turns into being full-time for those, those programmers and for that specific startup. 
Right, okay, so uh, app developers listening then, is that something that they could go and check out and uh, see if it's, uh, they can get involved oh, yeah. in uh, awesome ink? Uh, absolutely. So there are, there are ways to get involved locally and there are ways to get involved remotely. Um, if you go to our website at awesomeinku.com, then there's a various listing of all the different courses that we offer. There are online courses that we offer, um, and it'll also explain kind of that membership program. And I believe there are links there that will link back to the awesomeinc.org main website that would um, communicate kind of how the fellowship program would work. But we see the, we see the coding school is filling a huge void um, here in the community in Kentucky and really across the nation of, of the United States and probably across the world. Um, there are tons of programming jobs that are available. Um, I know in 2014, just in the United States, there are 160,000 programming jobs that will go unfilled. Um, and there are just tons of opportunities for, for people that are willing to learn how to code. Um, and I think that a lot of listeners that are, that are listening to this program, uh, whether that's taking their skills um, and building their own product or maybe taking some of the skills that they have and learning some some additional programming languages or additional skills that might be able to take their product to the next level. Um, I think that, I mean, there are these coding schools that are popping up all over the world. And I think that they're, they're a really valuable thing that, that the, uh, the marketplace and the economy is really going to benefit from. So just to, uh, talking about prototyping, you mentioned prototyping uh, earlier on, and have you come across some really good tools for prototyping your app? I mean, recently, one of the guests mentioned uh, an, a website called Pop, uh, popapp.in, popapp.in. Okay. And uh, yeah, that looked really good because you could just sketch out an app and uh, then it would uh, turn that into a working, uh, uh, working version of it. Yeah, there are there are several prototyping tools that are that are out there. Um, one that we've used before that is that is helpful, especially for my software company that we've used it when we're working on custom software development is one called Mockingbird. Um, it's kind of a wireframing tool for for different apps, and I believe it works for for the web as as well. Um, there are other ones out there called. Mockflow and Prototype Composer, Fluid IA is another one. Um, but these are all these are all prototyping tools that allow you to just kind of get started on uh, mocking up what your app might look like, um, so that you can explain it to potential users or to potential investors before you get too far into the development of that app. I and mean, one of the things that we that we teach and, and are very adamant about here at Awesome Inc is just following lean startup methodology. Um, so what lean startup methodology will tell you to do is to just build these minimal viable products, these very version 1.0 kind of beta versions of your product before you put in all the features and all the bells and whistles. Uh, but these prototyping tools and these, these mock-up tools will allow you to communicate the different features and the different functionality of the app without um, having to write you know, thousands of lines of code to get it to to do the the features that you're trying to build before you validated them. That's wonderful, and 
I, I mean, thanks for sharing all those resources. That's great. I was making a good list of those sure. because some of those I've not heard of. And uh, it's just, it's great, you know, the resources we have now for uh, app building compared to, you know, quite a few years ago when it was uh, getting onto uh, Adobe Photoshop yeah. or whatever it was to try and get a wireframe out. And uh, oh, yeah. I remember putting my, my first one together a few years ago and it was just a real painful process to do. And uh, yeah, it's come a long way. Absolutely. And so... I'm just, um, you know, on on that, I tell you, there's another thing that we came across here on the show and it was mentioned um, uh, recently and it was a uh, a kind of, um, it was a website, I'll tell you the website's name, assemblymade.com, assemblymade.com. Okay. And the clever idea behind this is that uh, it, it put, uh, it allowed people to put prototypes in uh, on this website that uh, put put ideas up and... Uh, then it allowed people to contribute. And the more you contribute, the more of a share in that project that you owned. And it was, it was kind of like a crowdsourced uh, f- way of uh, getting ideas to creation cool. and uh, using people's talent. And I just wondered if you come across anything uh, like that before. Um, I'm, I'm at the website right now, actually. I've not heard of this one, assemblymade.com. But I, I know that the... Any any open source and open platform type stuff is becoming very very popular, um, especially in the develop developer community. Um, and I think there are lots of lots of benefits that can be had by making and making use of these open platform and open source type um, tools. It's almost like crowdfunding for software is what it kind of looks like here on on Assembly Made. Um, so they call it crowdfunding. It looks like, which is very clever. But I think um, I think yeah, I think there are lots of lots of opportunities and lots of benefits to to op- opening up your your work like that. And I know that's something that the developer community has been very receptive to over the last few years. So let's uh, be, I guess, honest for the audience. You know, there's a, a lot of app developers who get attracted to this uh, industry. Because of all the news that we read, you know, especially about all these big wins, these huge wins. And uh, clearly that it's a little bit like lottery and winning the lottery is, you know, almost never going to, it's never going to happen that we uh, build an app and then it gets taken over by Facebook or Google. They're very rare and few and far between. In your honest opinion, is it a really good time to be an indie app developer, uh, you know, working on our own and uh, trying to build these apps in terms of what you're seeing in, in the successes of your uh, incubators. Sure. And I, and I think it depends on what your motivations are, what your goals might be. Um, if you're going at it and you're only the only metric that you have that's going to make this be a success is if you get bought out by Facebook or Google or something like that, um, then that's probably unrealistic and you're probably um, not going, you're not setting a reasonable goal and you're probably not going to succeed at that because as you mentioned, those are, you know, those are the one in a million, one in a, one in a billion type cases. Um, but there, there are lots of other advantages to being an indie app developer right now. Number one is you can get an awesome job. There are people, um, in every industry that are looking to hire software developers and mobile apps is the next hottest thing that is a a very rare skill for one and a very valuable skill for two. I know my software company right now um, at Apex Software, we're constantly hiring mobile developers. Like we we just cannot find enough iPhone or Android developers to to work for our company. So that's that's one external benefit. Um, The other thing I would say is 
just because you don't hit a home run and maybe get that billion dollar exit to Facebook, that doesn't mean that you can't make some pretty good money by hitting, you know, a single or a double based off of your app. There's a developer that's here in Kentucky from Louisville, Kentucky, um, and he wrote an app called Over. It just allows you to place text over top of the a picture that you might take on your iPhone. And oh, I think I've used that probably, one. Yeah, it's a very popular one. He's I, I yeah, love he's it. Yeah. Done, he's done very well with that app. Now he's not looking to sell this app for, you know, $5 billion to Facebook anytime soon. Um, but he's making a very good living has, has done very well with, with this app. And that was something that was, you know, a very simple concept that he thought of and had the skill sets to, to be able to build it. So I think that's a very, a very good win for this developer that is, that is a friend of ours from Kentucky. Is it one of yours? One of your it, is, it is not a company that we incubated at Awesome Inc., but it is a it's a company that is very close to our network and and will now likely be a mentor to our to our companies that go through Awesome Inc. It, you're in such a wonderful position, and it must be so exciting to have you know Awesome Inc. and just really empowering all these young entrepreneurs. Do you? I guess you can't talk too much about um you know the current uh, startups going through but is there anyone any stories you could tell in terms of successes sure sure yeah it is it is a very exciting time and we have i mean there there are tons of opportunities and we have a great time we we have a lot of fun with it and it's something that uh, i enjoy doing very much so there there are currently three teams that are going through our fellowship program and we will that number will increase to six by the end of this year um, at a minimum. So the three teams that are going through our, our program, there's one that's called Control My ADHD, uh, which is kind of a, an online video platform that uh, this, this entrepreneur has developed for people that have ADHD. So he himself has ADHD and he thinks it's just ridiculous that there are so many, you know, 300 page books that they expect someone with ADHD to sit down and actually read um, a book for that long. It's like, what are you talking about? I have ADHD. I'm not going to be able to concentrate for 300 pages. So he created a, a video platform where he makes these very, very short videos that give ADHD people the tools and, and different tips for how to kind of manage their ADHD. So that's that's one of the companies. The second company is called Custom College Recruiting. Um, and this is a another web platform that allows um high school students that are looking to be recruited to go play a college sport, but are maybe not on that top tier division one route. They might be playing for a lower level division one school or maybe a division two, division three type school. Um, and though he connects those athletes with college coaches that might be looking for um, those, those types of athletes. And he's actually going international. Um, he's actually on his way to Australia right now to, set up his program in Australia and hopefully he'll be be able to expand it to other parts of the world um, shortly after that. But he's, he's doing very well with that platform. And then the third company is um, our latest company that we've accepted. It's called you saw me. Um, And this is a, it's a a tech product that he created where he has a vest that you would wear as a runner or a biker that has uh, hundreds of LED lights in it and it lights up all these different colors. So it's kind of making safety fun um, is his motto. 
Um, and he's he's just getting started with this product, but he's starting to get some pretty good press. And he raised a small round of investment earlier this year. Um, and he's got he's got some customers that are they're buying this product. And he's, he's trying to figure out the exact best channels that he might sell these through. Um, but we think that there might well, be. When that comes to market, I'll have one of those. Because I could have done with that this afternoon. Yes, those are very, they're very <laughs> cool. They look, they look really cool when you're running around in them. So they, they are fun. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds like a great idea. I love all the the different ideas. So it's quite, um, I guess, a strict, uh, a small list that you you focus on. Is that intentional? Yeah, we are very we're, we're very selective, um, as you'll find with any accelerator incubator. I mean, average on average, accelerators will probably receive anywhere from a couple of hundred up to a couple of thousand applicants. And typically, they will only accept around 10 of those applicants. So they can be very competitive to get in. Um, so and, and likewise, here at Awesome Inc., we, we do want to make sure that the applicants that we're accepting are, are, are totally motivated and, and 100% on board for seeing their products succeed. Um, we do that because, one, we want, to, we want to help people that are motivated. And number two, we want to make sure that the other companies that we accept are surrounded by companies that are motivated. So we want to make sure that we're just creating this environment and this culture um, that that will breed excellence. And I think that's what you'll find with a lot of accelerators and incubators. Yeah, one of the things I think I would struggle with, Brian, is uh, looking through the past rejections to see if there's any that yeah, you missed that go on to great <laughs> things. Jeez, how, how do you cope there, with that? There you are, just like there, uh, ignore them? Yeah, there are lots of examples like that. And we actually put that in our rejection letter. Um, whenever we don't accept a team for whatever reason, we'll put uh, a couple sentences in there that say, hey, this is not a personal vote against you. Um, you're just not a good fit for our program at this time. And we encourage you to take this as an opportunity to prove us wrong. And if you do, let us know, uh, because we want to we want to learn from from our mistakes as well. And we're by no means are we perfect at vetting all of the right applicants. Um, we're a fairly new program. Um, awesome Inc. is, and especially this fellowship program. So um, there aren't any examples of teams that have have that we've rejected and that have you know emailed us back and been like. Hey, told you so. You should have taken that. <laughs> um, but I'm sure that there will be. Oh, yeah. and I, I mean, I'm sure, and I hope that that is the case because that just is something that we can learn from. And um, and who knows, maybe maybe them not getting into our program was enough to motivate them to to succeed. Yeah, I think I was listening to a, a podcast with um, the, uh, the founder of Y Incubator, yeah. and uh, yeah, they passed up uh, they passed up one or two that yeah. uh, possibly could have been uh, some of those successful ones, <laughs> like you know Twitter and Uber. But uh, uh, it's great, and uh, it's lovely that you know so many people are applying. So uh, just uh, before we say goodbye, then how how best can we get in touch with you and reach out to you? What's the best way, Brian? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the best the best way is, is to start is probably our website. So there are a few different websites. But if you just go to awesomeinc.org, that's where you'll find links to all of the different programs like the Awesome Inc. U Coding School, uh, which you can directly get there at awesomeinc.u.com. It'll also link you to the fellowship program, which you can just go to fellowship.awesomeinc.org and get there. Uh, but the website's the best place. Um, and if you're interested in reaching out to me, I... Uh, I'm very good with email, and I promise that I will respond to any emails that I receive. If you just want to email me at founders at awesomeinc.org, 
uh, I will I'll respond to you within a few days every time. Brian, it's been wonderful. Thank you for coming on the App Guy podcast. I really appreciate you spending your time, your valuable time. And, you know, I really would love to get you on for a, a longer session going forward. And, you know, maybe, maybe when you've had, um, you know, some new applicants and uh, things are moving on. So, but in the meantime, it just leaves me to say, you know, Brian, thanks for coming on uh, the App Guy podcast. And, uh, you know, all the, all the best with what you're doing. Thanks for having me, Paul. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.